Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode. It's Lori, and today I get to have the microphone alone to talk to you about a topic that is very difficult to talk about, but it's even more difficult to live out, and that's the topic of forgiveness. You know those times in life when the Lord keeps presenting a topic to you, you may hear a pastor speak on it, and then you open up a Charlene Cares devotional, and it's on the same topic, and you may listen to a podcast that covers the same topic. Well, that's been happening to me over the past few months, and the topic has been forgiveness. It seems like everywhere I turned, even at a business conference that I attended, somebody is talking about the subject of forgiveness. And of course, pride started creeping in. And when I would hear the discussion on forgiveness, I would immediately think, well, there's nobody in my life that I need to forgive. And then I started praying and asking God to really show me if there was someone or maybe a few someones that I did need to forgive. As I dug deeper in the topic, I thought it would be beneficial to talk to you about it as well. Let me begin by saying that this is not a fun topic. At least I don't really find joy in trying to figure out how to walk through forgiveness. In my humanness, when someone has wronged me or offended me, I would honestly rather hold on to my anger and my right to be mad at the injustice of what that person has done to me. But I don't think that's what the Bible teaches us. In fact, I know it's not what the Bible teaches us because our greatest example of forgiveness is in Jesus Christ and what he's done to forgive us. I can really only think of a couple situations in my life when I needed to offer up a large amount of grace and forgiveness to others. And I don't mean like the everyday little forgiving of people that we must do, but I mean the big ones where it was a huge deal and it was really only because of God's grace that I can forgive you type of situation. One of those was with my dad, and I've talked about it before, but through my teenage years, I had a lot of anger because of what was going on in our home. I was the angry teenager at the situation our family was in during my parents' divorce. I was angry before the divorce because of the unrest in our home. I was angry after the divorce because I didn't want to be part of the back and forth that was happening because my parents lived in two different homes. And then I was angry after the restoration because I was waiting for my dad to mess up again. I thought there was no way that he could actually be different. Parents, let me take a side note and pause and say that if you have children, they're going through a lot if they're growing up and watching your separation and divorce. They're facing things in life that we never had to experience as teenagers, And then they have to deal with a separation or divorce, and it can be overwhelming. They have to live through feelings of rejection when a parent moves out. Even if it's not related to something the child did, children think it's their fault. Or they have feelings of overwhelm when they have to visit a foreign home for the weekend. That's not their home. That's not what they're used to. And then if there's another person in the mix, it really can throw a child for a loop. So give your kids some grace as they navigate things that they have to face and they have to live through as children of divorce. Now back to forgiveness. The Bible has a lot to say about it, as I said before, but let me start by saying 
again, that we have to forgive because we have been forgiven. How can we expect Jesus Christ to give his life for us, sparing us from the punishment that we deserve by shedding his blood on the cross, but then I'm unwilling to offer forgiveness to someone else? Let me read Matthew 6, 14 and 15 to you. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. When I think about people in the Bible who had to forgive, one that comes to mind is Joseph. And you may know his story, but let me recap it a little bit in case you're not familiar with it. In Genesis, we can read all about Joseph. He was the son of Jacob and he had many brothers, but he was known as Jacob's favorite. In fact, Joseph made a point of reminding his brothers just how special he was. Eventually, Joseph's brothers had enough, so they threw him in a well to die. Seems like a completely logical solution to their jealousy. Well, the brothers then make up a story and they tell Jacob that Joseph was killed by wild animals. Jacob was devastated because this pride and joy son of his was now dead. Only Joseph was not dead. He was very much alive and had been sold into slavery. Now, he had years of ups and downs. He was accused of raping someone. He went to jail. But during all of this, he was an upright man. And eventually, he ended up as second in charge over all of Egypt. Joseph's brothers eventually go to Egypt to buy some grain And Joseph happens to be the one in charge of selling it. He sees his brothers and immediately recognizes them. Can you even imagine? This has been many years since they threw him in that well and forgot about him. And now there in front of Joseph stand the offenders, the people who put him in this situation. What would your reaction be? Keep in mind the jealousy. They dumped you in a well. They lied to your father about your death. How would you react? I'm not so sure that I would offer grace. Joseph had many years where he could build up bitterness and resentment, but instead scripture shows us that he offered the opposite. He offered love and forgiveness. Now I really want to challenge you to get your Bibles and to go into Genesis and read through this story because it is amazing. But let me read a portion of it to you. Genesis chapter 45, and I'm going to start in verse 1 because I really want you to hear and understand what happened when he saw them. And it reads, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. 
but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Verse eight. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You should live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You and your children and your grandchildren and your flocks and your herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine is still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Verse 12, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept and Benjamin embraced him weeping and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. Wow. (laughs) When I read that, that's the only words I can say is wow. If this story doesn't show you that despite the evil doings of others, that God can turn our stories around for his good, nothing is going to convince you. Joseph's reaction when he saw his offenders, when he saw the ones who put him in the place he was in, was love. It was forgiveness. And forgiveness is hard. It's a process. But it is possible. We cannot control the chaos we face, but we can control our reaction. I've heard it said that forgiveness is drinking poison and thinking it will kill the other person. As we forgive others, we're freeing ourselves to move forward. We're admitting that vengeance belongs to the Lord and not me. That's exactly what I was walking through with my dad. I was having to, as a teenager and as a young adult, let go of the hurt and the anger that I had about past situations and look at what God had done in our family. And it was difficult because for a while I held on to every offense. I could tell you every situation that he mishandled. I could tell you the times that he hurt me emotionally. I could tell you the times he hurt me physically. I held on to it like it was my right to just keep this tally of wrongs to make sure that if he needed to know where he messed up, I could just go back in the mental files and pull it out. And that's not what God wants us to do. My dad and I had a time, a marked time, where there was just absolute healing. And it was the night before my wedding. And it was just a precious time that I was alone with my parents and getting ready to start a new life. And that night, my dad talked to me about some of the past and he apologized again. But that is the night that I really felt like I released the past. And you know what? It's like not even a memory anymore. It's as if it never existed. Yes, if I really sit and dwell on things, I can think of some situations. But it's not like it used to be where it was holding me hostage because of my anger and forgiveness. And you know what? God showed me that I didn't need to hear the I'm sorry words from my dad. 
God did a work in me, allowing me to release him from what happened in my life so that I could move forward. When you fail to forgive, you're not hurting anyone but yourself. One time I was so hurt by a person in Christian leadership. I did what I thought was right, and I tried to handle things according to Matthew 18 and handle it the way God would want me to handle it. But it seemed like there was no way things were going to be resolved. This was another one of those big situations in life where it didn't seem like forgiveness was going to happen. I was so hurt. I was so angry. I was struggling with the wounding that happened at the hands of this person. And one day I realized that I was consumed with my hurt and it was doing nothing to draw me closer to God. In fact, it was pulling me away because everything that I was hearing, I would compare to this situation. Every time I would hear about forgiveness, I would think, well, they don't know what this person did and they don't know how this person's getting away with this sin. I was acting as if I was the judge and the jury. I sat down one day and I wrote out a letter asking for forgiveness for any role that I played in the situation and telling this person that I forgave them. Now, did this person ask me for forgiveness? No way. Did this person make an attempt to right the situation? Nope, they certainly did not. But despite that, I needed to move forward. We cannot be held hostage by decisions that someone else made when we refuse to forgive them. So I needed to forgive this person despite the decisions they made, despite the fact they were not asking me for forgiveness so that I could move forward. I finished the letter and I told my husband about it. And then I put it in the back corner of a drawer and it did not ever get sent. That wasn't the point of writing the letter. I had no intention of ever giving it to the person, but it was such a healing marked moment for me that I could admit what happened was wrong. I could admit what happened was painful and what happened was unjust, but my holding on to what happened was not allowing me to move forward in faith and forgiveness. Now, the human part of me wanted to mail that letter and make sure this person knew that I was the bigger person by laying down my right to be angry. But that attitude was wrong. That's not what we're called to do. I have to trust that the Lord knows the entire situation and he is the one who will worry about the justice. He is the one who will worry about the vengeance. The best way to get over anger towards a person is to start praying for them. And if you have a person that you are working to forgive, a person that has hurt you and that you really just need to move forward, I really challenge you to start praying for them. Start praying that God blesses them. Start praying that God will open their eyes to the things in their life that, that they need to be made aware of. Pray that God would use that person and that would, he would use the situation where there's friction in your relationship to bring glory to himself. Pastor David Nasser says, when we are hurting, we have a tendency to focus on the source of our pain and not the deliverer of our pain. And boy, that is a true statement. That is what I was doing. I was so consumed with being angry at this ministry person and so consumed with being angry at my dad that I wasn't looking at the person who wanted to deliver me from that pain. When you refuse to forgive someone, it's like you're packing a bag and carrying it around with you. 
one of my college kids was recently home. And as he was packing to head back to school, he was thinking about the long layover he had and the fact that he was going to have to carry his bag around the airport with him. And he thought about the size of the airport and how far he would have to walk through the terminal and how long he would have to be carrying this bag. And he knew it was going to be heavy. And so he packed thinking about the weight of this luggage that he would be carrying. When you refuse to forgive someone, you're carrying that heavy bag around with you. You're dragging it through relationships. You're dragging it through work situations. You're dragging it through life. And that weight and the size of that luggage is going to affect you, but it's not going to affect the person who wronged you. I was the one affected by the luggage of unforgiveness. It wasn't affecting my dad. I was the one toting it around. Tony Evans says, forgiveness is not pretending like it didn't happen or it didn't hurt. That's called lying. Forgiveness is a decision to release a debt regardless of how you feel. You cannot be angry and grateful at the same time. So again, I ask you, can you pray for the person who wronged you? That person that you're so angry with may not have a clue that you are tormented by this situation. The person you're so angry with may not even be alive today and you're still carrying around this bitterness and this unforgiveness. They may have no idea how their words or their actions hurt you. They may be off living their life unaffected by you and you are all twisted up in anger and unforgiveness over something. Again, let me remind you that we can forgive because of the forgiveness that we have been given. Let me be clear in saying that forgiving someone doesn't mean there are no consequences. If I forgive a person for murdering a relative, there may still be natural consequences. But forgiving a person releases you from that burden. There was a season where my dad was abusive. When my mom extended forgiveness to him, she wasn't dismissing his aggressive behavior. She was refusing to let the enemy torment her over anger at a person who Jesus Christ saw fit to die for. Who do you need to forgive today? Do you need to write a letter and pour out your heart and then burn it or shove it in the back of a drawer? Do you need to go to someone and seek forgiveness because you know that you have offended someone and you have never apologized for it? Ask the Lord to show you forgiveness that needs to take place. It's not an easy process, but it's a healing process. And right now, I know that there may be a long list of people that you need to forgive. There may be a spouse that's walked away and abandoned you and left you alone with children and bills and debt. There may be another person who has entered your marriage and has caused disruption in your family. There may be a parent that walked out on you when you were a child or someone who abused you as a young child. It may be a relative or a former employer. It may be a list of people, but ask God to show you who you need to forgive so that you can get rid of that heavy luggage and you can move forward knowing that Jesus paid the price on the cross. And we can forgive others because he forgave us. 
Luz and Fabian are dear friends of ours, and you may have heard their testimony. If not, it's available in our bookstore, and I'll add a link to the testimonies that we have from them. But when we were recording the testimony, we were sitting in our office, and we asked Luz, how do you forgive a man who walked away from you for 13 years? How do you forgive a man who left you with five children and a baby? How do you forgive a man who disappeared for so long and had no involvement in your family? How do you forgive that? And her answer was what I've been sharing today. I forgive because I've been forgiven. And you can do the same thing. Forgive because you've been forgiven. Sit down with your Bible and a journal and have a marked moment like I did with my dad, a marked moment like I did the day I wrote that letter, where you can say, Lord, I forgive this person because of you forgiving me. Let Jesus be your example. And he is faithful and he will carry you through. He will right the wrongs that are in your life. And it may not happen tomorrow. But he will bring healing to you and he will show you a way out of the bitterness, out of the darkness, out of the anger of unforgiveness. Let me pray for you as we conclude. Lord, I thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and being the ultimate example of forgiveness. Lord, I pray for the person listening to this episode that may be just feeling the weight on their chest as they think about the heaviness of the situation that they need to forgive, as they think about the person or the many people that they need to just let go of the offense. Lord, I pray that you would just give them the grace that they need to face tomorrow free of the situation. Lord, I pray that as they sit down and write a letter or as they pour over their journal and just confess to you the feelings that they've had, that you would just free them from the weight of unforgiveness. I pray that they would move forward freeing as if they have shed pounds, that they have shed the anger that they've been holding on to. And God, we know it's not simple to do, but we know that through your power, it can happen. So I pray that you would just make their marked moment something that they never forget and something that they can move forward saying, I had a special time with Jesus when I forgave this person. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us on the cross. We thank you for the way, just like Joseph, that you go before us, even in the circumstances that seem so unsteady, you go before us and you make a way and you make a way in the darkness and a way out of the wilderness. And so, Lord, we pray that for each person that finds himself in a wilderness today, that you would just show them the way out and that they would be able to see the future that you have planned for them. We love you and we thank you. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. If you are like me, you probably like to have as many things in your life automated as possible. Nowadays, we can automate so many things from telling our vacuum when to clean the house while we're at work to automating the oven to turn on to cook our dinner. 
Well, one of the things that people have enjoyed is our family challenge. It is an automated donation that you can make every month to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. When you sign up for the family challenge, you can pick your predetermined donation amount and on the first or 15th day of each month, depending on the date that you choose, until you tell us to stop, you will make a monthly contribution to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. You can visit www.rejoiceministries.org and click on donate to find out more about the monthly family challenge.